Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Debbie Desmond. Um, this morning, I've, I'm sp- going to be speaking on how to find tranquility. Um, and, you know, for me, sometimes um, we think um, only in regard to the gifts of the Holy Spirit when we think of the supernatural life. But a supernatural life is a supernatural life. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the fruit of the Spirit, are they're supernatural. And um, when you know God's, for example, God's, what we're speaking on this morning, his supernatural peace, that hasn't got anything to do with your circumstances, that's one of the most amazing gifts. Um, I, 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 for me... Um, I remember I went through a season in my life where I was just tormented. And I cannot tell you, I mean, it's, you, know, you can think of um, you know, the gift of healing. When you receive peace in that moment, you realize how amazing it is. If you've ever suffered from depression, you will know how amazing joy is. These, the, the fruit of the Spirit for me are just the most precious and amazing things. And um, the reason why I want to speak on, on peace is because, you know, peace, the Bible says the kingdom of God is a matter of um, not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. And um, I, I just feel, you know, peace, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when we have peace in our lives, there, it, it's sort of like... Um, the basis for so many good things to happen in our lives, you know. Um, and, um, you know, you can't have um, peace without righteousness, but I don't, I, I don't believe you can have righteousness without peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy are like three cousins, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if, you, if you don't have peace, it's very difficult to walk in righteousness. That's in right standing with God, doing the right things, thinking according to what God is thinking. Because you, generally, if you're not in peace, you're reacting to um, anxiety, which is fear. And I don't know about you, but I've made some of my worst decisions <laughs> when I've been afraid. And I've responded out of fear, right? But I've made my best decisions when I've been at peace. And you cannot have joy if you don't have peace. Um, because, I don't, you know, if... if the Bible says anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. And um, if you want to experience a higher level of joy in your life, it starts by what we're going to talk about, getting more peace. And how, how, what, what is our path to do that? Amen. Um, so that was we, that's what we're going to speak, how to live in a place of um, Peace and tranquility. Just think of that scene. I mean, when I think of the word tranquility, gives me this vision of this lake, which is quiet, no wind. It's sort of just about when the sun's about to to set, and the water's gently lapping (laughs) onto the shore. And just you know, and and you look and there's something when you see a scene like that. There's just it's sort of still something inside of you often. And you just sort of feel like, could I just slip into this? And God wants you to know that you can live in that place of tranquility, that place of peace. You can have it no matter what your circumstances are. He's given it to you, and it's a supernatural thing that we have um, 
because the Spirit of God lives in us. And it's what, how we determine, how we can get there, we just determine some key decisions that we need to make in our lives. Um, it comes from trust in the Lord. And um, what, I'm, what we're going to do is I'm going to look a little bit at the life of Martha. Um, and before I even go to the scripture, I have to honor Martha. She gets such a bad rap as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, she, but it's because of like one moment, short moment of weakness, everyone down Martha. Nope. It says, don't be a Martha, be a Mary. I mean, if you know Martha, you will want to be like Martha. And I'll tell you why, and I have to honor her. Firstly, um, this is this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I've got lots of favorites, but it's John 11:5. It says this: Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Anne Lazarus. I mean, Mary doesn't even get a mention by her name. <laughs> Jesus loved loved Martha. Um, and and then also she recognized the presence of, of God and she welcomed. It says he came into a city and she was the first one to recognize and welcome him into her home. She welcomed and recognized and housed and hosted the presence of God. She was awesome that way. Um, she was also quick to see God out. When she heard Jesus was coming, she ran out to meet him. She was also one of the people, I mean, I don't know, I may be wrong, but I don't think there's anyone other than Peter that actually says, you are the Christ. When she was the other person in the Bible that says, you are the Christ. I mean, she had great faith. And she believed when Jesus said, I believe you can raise my brother from the dead. She believed. She had great faith. And the other thing about her is that she was a servant. Okay, so at, at the time, we're going to look at that she was a bit distracted with her serving. But she was a great service, a servant. And the Bible says, he who serves is the greatest of all in the kingdom of God. So let's clap for Mary. She, she's part of the, I mean, Martha and Mary. Let's for both of them, right? They're, I mean, Mary was also amazing. But we're going to focus, focus on Martha's amazingness. She needs a good rap for a change. Hey, um, You know, sometimes we can learn some of the, the, the best lessons in our, from our failures and our moments of weakness than even our moments of success, right? And so, you know, praise God. Martha's allowed us to learn a little bit from her. <laughs> and um, the, the thing that we're going to look at now is, is when she, in a moment, became distracted from the main thing. She became distracted from the main thing. And, and, and then Jesus comes and redirects her focus. And I love the way he does it. You know, he goes and says, Martha, Martha. I mean, you know, so we've heard that in such a judgmental way. I mean, I'm like, you know, he goes and he says, Lauren, Lauren, <laughs> you know, like looking at her in her eyes and says, Lauren, Lauren, Debbie, Debbie, you worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Debbie, Debbie, you're worried and upset about so many things. You're anxious, troubled, about so many things. Only one thing is necessary. Why don't you put your name there? Debbie, Debbie, you're worried and upset about so many things. What about your name in there? Are you worried and upset about things? They might not be, you know, might not be worried about um, um, 
your, where your money's coming from tomorrow. It might be just things that are challenges that you're facing. Are you worried and upset? Are you troubled? The, um, let, let me go through sort of, um, let's first read the scripture. Um, Luke 10 verse 40. But Martha was distracted. That word means drawn away. She was drawn away by all the preparations that had to be made. That's a good time of year, right? There's lots of preparations for your holiday, for Christmas, for all the gifts you need to buy, or whatever it might be, that lots of preparations. Maybe even preparations are starting for the new year. She was drawn away by all these preparations. The other one says, with much serving. And, you know, the thing is, we can be drawn away by good things, Right? Um, Often we are. And she came to him and asked, Lord, (laughs) don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. When we get focused on ourselves, we often get critical of others. (laughs) Martha, Martha, (laughs) the Lord answered her. You were worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from you. Are you worried and upset or troubled, distracted by anything. This is the words. Are you worried, anxious, disturbed about anything, troubled about anything, upset about anything, fretful, on edge about anything, bothered about anything, distracted with anything, drawn away? Or are you peaceful, calm, Restful, tranquil. Is this your inner, I'm talking about your inner world. Are you at ease, collected, focused, stable, serene, still? The Bible talks about a gentle and a quiet spirit being highly valued by God. Basically, You know, I realize that when you experience any of the emotions in that top category that I read, then you can be known straight, you can know straight away that you've been drawn away. You've been drawn away from your main focus. Because if Jesus is your main focus, you won't be like that. You will, he is the Prince of Peace, and when He is your main focus, you will live in tranquility. You will live in peace. So as soon as you know that you've been drawn away, distracted, you're anxious, on edge about anything, you can know. You've got it all. You know, you're not focused. And Jesus is saying, Debbie, Debbie, (laughs) come focus on me again. Because I know where your sweet spot is. It's here with me. It's here with me. You know, sometimes what we want to do when we're all in a twist we run to Jesus and we're like, I'm just one of anything. And, and basically what we want is, Jesus, I'm, I'm just, there's so many things on my mind. I've got so much to do. Could you please just come into my topsy-turvy world and just sort it all out? Can you please just come? I need you to come into all this chaos and sort it out. Because really, I'm getting quite on edge now. I, I'm, I'm feeling like I, I need to get control. I'm, I'm feeling more and more out of control. I feel like I'm slipping. I feel like I'm falling. I'm dropping balls here. God, please, just come and into my top seat to everyone and come just set things at peace. And, and you know what? Jesus isn't interested in that. 
He doesn't do that atmosphere. <laughs> and he's saying, Debbie, Debbie. <laughs> you, they're worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is necessary. Come. Come into my atmosphere. Come into me. And you will find what you want. I'm not coming into your chaos. Because you're worried and upset about many things. And they're drawing you away. You see, God is never drawn away from peace. Ever. He is the Prince of Peace. And he always is in peace. That's why he is absolutely trustworthy. You know why sometimes it's hard... um, uh, it's hard to trust people, is because they are taken away from peace. And then they, they and, and we'll talk about what that means, but they then react out of fear, and then they do things that are hurtful, and they do things that are scary <laughs> for me too. <laughs> and then we all get into our very troubled world, because then we all in our atmosphere of topsy-turvy world, and God says, well, just come on over. You've been distracted. You've been distracted. Um, God is asking us to trust him. And come into what I what I you know, God knows that that place where, where he is is our optimum it's where we um where we are at our optimum. When you're at a place of peace, you're at your optimum. And he wants us to come into his atmosphere of peace. And, um, you know, the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven is within you. I believe that the kingdom of heaven, heaven itself, is actually God. And because I don't think you can separate the two. You can't separate love and God, because God is love. And so, you know, that's why I think you can have as much as he- of heaven on earth as you want to, because you can have as much as God. And, you know, that's why I think, you know, when we ultimately die, it's how, how, whether you've chosen heaven or you haven't. And if you haven't chosen heaven, you get the alternative. You know what I'm saying? But we can live in as much heaven as we want to here. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first. The kingdom of God. That's heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. And this is the question. The question is, and this is how we come to a place of peace. The question is, will you let go and trust God? Will you put your things aside and say, Lord, I'm going to seek your kingdom. And while I'm seeking your kingdom, I trust you with all the other things. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things shall be added unto you. Do you trust him that if you come into his presence, he will align the rest of your life? You know, a, a, a contrast to Mary is the disciples. You see, and Mary, she... She was hosting Jesus, and there was a crowd, which was natural, and I reckon she was getting a little bit uptight. She was thinking, like, because hosting was a big thing in those days, and I'm thinking, like, I haven't got all the th- people, more people coming. I haven't got enough plates. And, and the food, and 
I want the food. Please, can we make some more food? Mary, 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 <laughs> Mary, you know, and she's getting all uptight, right? The disciples, they had a number of people, and they, they were hungry, these people. And what did they do? They came, and they came to Jesus. And they said, well, God, this is the issue we have. <laughs> and Jesus took what they had, and he multiplied it. You see, the difference, I think, between, um, between peace and between anxiety is whether you focus in on yourself or whether you focus in on the Lord. Whether you're trusting yourself to get it into control, to get what you need, etc., etc., or whether you trust in, in the Lord. And as soon as you have your focus on yourself, you immediately have limited yourself. That's why Mary was distracted, because she was realizing how limited, I mean, Martha, Martha, <laughs> why Martha was so distracted, um, because she was looking at the lack. She was looking at the lack. But the disciples brought what they had, and they're looking at Jesus because they'd seen him do all these miracles. And their focus was on Jesus, and yeah, granted, they didn't really know what he was going to do about it. But they completely like, well, we don't know what we're going to do about it either. They certainly weren't running around sort of, you know, because they said, well, I think maybe their situation, maybe they would have been in the same if they thought they could potentially do something about it. But I think eight months' wages to pay for all the people, I think they felt it was completely out of their, their con- control, and so they were quicker to run to God. But nonetheless, um, you know, God is not dependent on your, what you have and your resources to save you and to do stuff in your life. One time I was just convicted of whether I trust in God himself or whether I trust in his provision. And um, I realized, you know, um, because God wasn't providing what I needed, I thought I was getting more and more anxious was like, oh, God, you know, you haven't provided here. And, 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 I, and I need all of this. What, you know, there were various different things, whether they be, you know, financial to emotional, whatever. Like, you know what, God, I, there's nothing here. And um, I'm getting a bit desperate. And, um, you know, the Lord reminded me of the story of Gideon. <laughs> there was this, he needed saving. The situation was desperate. And um, the, the armies were numerous, you know, those armies that you couldn't even count. And um, you know what God did? He reduced the army, Israel's army. He reduced them. Yeah. And, then, and then he reduced them again. <laughs> you see, God wasn't dependent on the resources. He's not dependent on the resources that you have in the bank to save you. He's not dependent on the res- emotional resources that you have to do something. He's not dependent on them. No. Come on. 
So your trust can't be in the resources that he gives you. Your trust must be in him. Um, Jonathan, um, you know Jonathan, Jonathan, he has a great example. The two of him and his armor bearer went up the, um, the mountain, remember, and they basically, obviously God intervened, but basically the whole army was wiped out by these two men. And um, in, in 1 Samuel it says, um, Jonathan says, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. But the question is, who are you trusting? Who are you trusting? And so, you know, I look in my life when I'm feeling even just drawn away slightly. I just feel, hmm. I, I, I'm being drawn away because I, I have been distracted from my sweet spot. <laughs> and... Um, I've realized that I, I think this, last, this time before last that I preached, I spoke about um, being still and the value of it and how, how much happens in the spirit when we just come and come before the Lord and just come before him like Mary, just sit at his feet, how much God can achieve. You know, so I've got all these things going on. In my, and th- this is what I've discovered, put it this way. I've got all these things going on in my head. And I'm like, I've got that to do, and this child, and that, and I've got to do that, and I need to do this, and I'm worried about that, and that. And, I, and, and you know, so most often they're good things, and then I've got challenges, and then I think, oh, and my mind's going, I'm a problem solver, and my mind's going around all the things, how I'm going to solve them and everything. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be spending time with the Lord. And I, I'm, but I'm, I'm like, I, I, want, I would like to sort all these things out here. And, and, and most of us do this. Well, let me just sort these things out. And then, you know, my mind will be cleared. And then when I've done that and, I, and I've got some control in my life, then I can be quiet and come and be before the Lord. But that's, you know, the Bible says you will have troubles. And, you know, just when one's finished, the next one starts. So you might as well forget that. I've tried it. You know, if you're going to wait until everything's fine in your life, until you can have peace and joy, you'll wait forever. You have to find it in life. You have to be in that place. And Amen. so I realized oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting distracted. And I realized, you know what? Um, I, I'm thinking of, I, I'm thinking with God. I'm thinking with God, but I'm trying to draw him into my world and my thoughts. And listen, my mind is going with all the possible solutions and what I could do. And then sometimes I get into the doing as well. But what I've realized that if I could just catch myself earlier, I just say, like, you know what? I'm not going to trust myself. I'm coming quietly. I'm letting go. You know, the Bible, um, let's quickly read um, Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Oh, I love this. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. That's why, you, that's why his presence is the main thing. The kingdom of God is the main thing. There's, there's peace there because there can't be anything else there. And there's a river of joy because there's peace there. Oh, it's so good. And, and you can leave all that behind. It says, you know, though the, I mean, the world can be falling up. Your world 
can be falling apart around you. And you can find that place, that refuge where he is. And you come into that place of trust and peace. Lord, that if I seek your kingdom, if I seek your presence, all these things shall be added. And I let go. The Bible says, it goes on to say, it's that scripture that goes on to say, be still and know that I am God. That, that, the, the Hebrew there, be still, means let go. Let go of your stuff. And just be still and know God. And it's when you let go of that and you be still and you know God that something happens and God can start working. And you get your eyes off yourself and you get them onto God and you see what God's doing. Because I don't know about you, but I have all different ways I can sort something out. And I go down there and I try that and I do that and do that. I find I waste all my time. If I just came and was quiet, one of two things usually happens. I get the right idea, the thing that God is doing. And I don't waste my time running around doing all the things that I, I thought of doing. When, or otherwise, it just sorts itself out. Just like this. Oh my goodness, it is just brilliant. God is just brilliant. This place is just brilliant. That's why that's good. I mean, I can testify. I don't know how many times it's happened. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. It's like, it just happened. Like, all I did was come into your presence. And it's like, all the pieces fell into place. That's what God does. That's what God does. Anyway, I went to that scripture after wanting to make a point, which I have completely. (coughs) Oh, well. So we we can make a decision today. Where, where, Where do you want to dwell? Do you want to dwell in tranquility? Or do you want to dwell distracted, troubled. It really is just a decision whether you choose. The Bible says the only work that's required of us is to believe. That's the only work that's required of you. That's what Jesus said when he was asked. What works? He said to believe. And the question is, the, the, the thing that's standing between those two places, whether you will believe God, that if you make the main thing the main thing, in, in other words, his kingdom, him himself, his presence, that these things shall be added. And you start, because you see, it's not that serving wasn't, it was a bad thing for Martha. She served, I mean, the disciples served, you know, but it was just, is it the main thing? Is it the main thing? Is it the thing that you like, oh my goodness, before I do anything else, I have to do this. Isn't the main thing? Is God's presence the main thing? And the thing between how you're going to get to that place of quiet and peace is whether you believe and trust God and you think that if I come before him, he will sort my life out or not. And so what I want to end on is just a little illustration because, you know, sometimes I find that... You know, you hear all these things. It's one thing to hear it and have a revelation. You think, yes, I want to do that. It's then you have to walk that revelation out and experience it to become, for it to become part of your life. So, you know, and I, I'm, I, I mean, I, God's been on this for years and years with me. And I just, you know, God's just 
perfecting. He's the author and the perfecter. So I'm I'm going, I go around that mountain fairly often. He's just, we're just perfecting this in your life, Debbie. Um, and, um, you know, that just even the other day, I knew I was preaching on this, and I, I was going for my walk with the Lord. <laughs> I mean, my mind was going everywhere, this way, that way, this way, that way. And I was like, God, you know, I really want to focus. I mean, I, I'm, this is important to me. But I kept on wanting to be drawn away and distracted by all my concerns. And, and then I, I, um, I, I, you know, as soon as I, I, I started feeling like, oh, my gosh, I feel a little condemned. You know, I feel like that's creeping up on me. Like, you know, and when you feel condemned, you want to hide. But then I just remembered Martha. And, you know, Martha, Debbie, Debbie. And I said, God loved, Jesus loved Martha. And I just thought, oh, man, Jesus loves me. <laughs> he loves me. Even like this, he loves me. And that just helped me to stay there and to really press in to get into his presence. And it reminded me, my husband and I go for a date every week. So we have a date lunch, actually. Since we got children, it became a date lunch. And... Um, and of course, I'm my personality. I'm, I've got, I, I've got so much to tell him. Things we must talk about, stuff, you know. I want to tell him everything about my life. I want to get his input on this and get on that. And so I'm talking away, chat, 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 chat. And then I see this sort of like glazed over look. <laughs> and and but but I, it's not a glazed over that is not interested because you see, uh, I might have thought that initially, but. I've had lots of experience with this look. And it's, it's, it's this look. Um, probably the best thing to call it is the mush attack look. And we call a mush attack. It's like when you just like, you just, just suddenly there's a, a love attack. You just feel so much love with that person. Like you just so aware how much you love them. Okay, so, so suddenly he gets this mush attack look on his, his face. And, and I just see I, I'm, I'm losing him. And, and I say, hey, uh, the first time I was like, hey, um, I don't feel like you're focusing on what I'm saying. <laughs> he, said, he said, Debbie, I am very focused on you right now. <laughs> I said, yeah, but, <laughs> I said but, but, but I want you to focus on what I'm saying. And then he says, but it's so hard. <laughs> To, I, he said, I am. And he even repeated back to me what I was saying. So he was taking it in. But he said, but I'm just so overcome by how much I love you. And, you know, I haven't told you how much, how beautiful you are. And I said, I get it. Yes, thank you. Oh, thanks, thanks. Anyway, getting back to what I said, because I'm quite goal-oriented. <laughs> getting back. Thanks. I mean, that was really great. I swallowed down. Nice. Let's get back. Okay. So, but... I've learned now, but once that starts happening, I must never forget it because it's gone. And he'll, I'll chat, and I know he's listening. Sometimes I persist in trying to, you know, get get the, the my agenda finished. <laughs> but but he keeps, and then he'll say, "Oh, can I please, can I please just stop you for a moment?" I said, "Okay." He said, "I love you. I, I really love you. I, I just, you're just so, I'm so blessed." And. By then, I just want to give up. I'm just like, okay, this is going nowhere. Uh, am I so? And then I just allow him to gush for the rest of the time, which is wonderful. I am so blessed, aren't I? <laughs> I take a while to get into it. Anyway, while I was walking along, 
I was thinking about Jesus loving Martha, and I just thought, you know what? I mean, God's like that. I mean, my husband loves me so much. He listens to all my stuff, and yet you'll be like, oh, I love you. And I think Jesus is like that, you know. He's like listening to all your stuff, and you're going on and on, and God is there, and he's looking there, and, and he's saying like, hey, main thing, focus here, focus here. I love you. Uh, Debbie, would you just stop a moment? Me, God, I want to tell you, you are beautiful. I love you. Oh, thanks, Jesus. Anyway, as I say, <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that God loves us. He's such a good father. And, you know, we can get distracted and everything, but, you know, he's going to come to you and say, Lauren, Lauren, I love you, and you're just a bit distracted. Now, come on. Focus, I'm just so in love with you. Let's get back to the main thing. That's what God's like. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Debbie Desmond. For more information, please visit nigeldebbie.org.